Hi, I'm Howard Tierski. Welcome to the Winning Digital Customers podcast, where we focus on the stories of large-scale digital transformations told by the people who lead them. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Winning Digital Customers show. So today we want to talk about the seven biggest mistakes you can make in ideation. You know, it seems to me that one of the most important things companies need to do to succeed today is be effectively coming up with new ideas. Why? Well, because we live in a time of change. The world is changing around us. Customers' expectations are rapidly changing. COVID, of course, has created all kinds of change. And technology is constantly changing, which means new things are possible. And as new things are possible, our competitors are generating ideas about how to use those new technologies, and not only technologies, but to use to use new technologies or come up with new ways to solve our customers' needs. So if we're not generating new ideas, then we're probably not doing much that's new, because while generating an idea is certainly not the uh, is not a is not sufficient in order to innovate in order to move forward. You can generate a hundred ideas or a hundred thousand ideas, and if they're just sitting on a whiteboard or on a rolled up piece of uh, you know that big post-it paper or whatnot, and you don't do anything with those ideas, well, of course they do you, uh, no good. But on the flip side, it's pretty hard to move forward if you don't generate the ideas. The ideas are usually the starting point of anything great. So it's critical that you be able to generate new ideas and. I often have clients come to us who say, oh, you know, we need you to tell us we need ideas. We want to hire your company for ideas because our people never come up with ideas. We generate the same old ideas. And I always feel like, you know, well, flattered. It's nice. People want to come to us for ideas. And we often do have a lot of ideas. But really, most companies can generate tremendous wealth of ideas themselves if they follow the right ideation practices. In my book, Winning Digital Customer, I spend quite a number of pages talking about different ideation practices because I think where the rubber meets the road, the real way in which you set people up for ideation is critical to being able to generate those ideas, which in turn is critical to your ongoing success as a company. Today, I just want to talk about some of the things that I see companies do wrong or teams or groups or departments or divisions or leaders uh, that are easily corrected in most cases things that make ideation much more easy and fruitful. So that's what we're going to talk about today, seven key ideation mistakes. And it just occurred to me in that intro, I mentioned a couple already that aren't on my list. One is to not ideate because you have to have ideas. Clearly, that's a huge mistake. That doesn't count as one of my seven, though. And, uh, and the other is to not implement, right? That's not exactly an ideation mistake, but there's no point in the ideas if you don't implement them. So making sure you do ideate and that you are implementing of course, not implementing all of your ideas. You should be generating lots and lots of ideas and implementing them only very selectively. Um, in fact, Linus Pauling, who I believe is the only person or maybe one of only two people to ever win the Nobel Prize twice, he, uh, he said famously of ideas that the best way to get a great idea is to have a lot of ideas and then throw most of them away. So really great coming up with what your ideas are going to implement is almost always a matter of uh, generating a fertile field of ideas and then having the right prioritization process to figure out which ones you want to move forward. And again, I talk a lot about that. In fact, we provide some tools with my book, sort of Excel spreadsheet-based tools that are also designed 
to make it easier for you to prioritize. But again, today we're really just going to talk about the generation of the ideas and seven key mistakes that I see teams making and that I think you can overcome quite easily. So let's dive in and talk about those seven mistakes. The first mistake in ideation is to start with a blank sheet of paper. You know, that's the classic writer's block. You know, I'm trying to come up with an idea and I just have this blank page or blank whiteboard. Not only is there never a reason to need to do this, but rarely do the best ideas come when you start with a blank sheet of paper. So what should be on the paper? <laughs> what do you start with? There's so much you can start with. First of all, you need to start with understanding what's the problem I'm trying to solve. After all, if you're gonna come up with an idea, there must be a reason. You have to have a seed of something you're trying to accomplish. If someone says to you right now, give me an idea, you're probably gonna be like, an idea? Uh, I don't know. But if I said, you know, give me an idea for how we can better promote Major League Baseball, you might immediately start coming up with ideas. So you need something you're trying to accomplish. So that's the first thing that should go on your paper. This is what I'm trying to achieve. And then the next thing you should have is, so what's already been tried? What's already being done out there? This is not probably the first time anyone has attempted to accomplish something like promote Major League Baseball. So what's already out there? What's been tried and succeeded? What's been tried and failed? And then lastly, what is the point of pain for whoever you're trying to influence with your idea that you can potentially be addressing? In other words, ideas are usually solutions to a problem. And you might have a business problem, like I want to make more money, but I'm talking about if you're trying to come up with, let's say, an idea for a product, what's the, a problem that I can solve for a customer? So let's say I'm a car dealership and I say, I want to make more money. Well, there's multiple ways you can make more money. You can sell more cars. You can sell more expensive cars. You can add on and sell extra things with your cars, like let's say warranties. So you could ideate each of those. Those are different goals, by the way. So part of your blank sheet of paper should be, well, these are some different possible goals, but let's just pick one of them. Let's say you're trying to sell more warranties. Well, what are some problems that customers have that you could solve through warranties? What is the pain that they experience when they buy a car or they own a car that the warranty solves? So understanding that and studying that as an initial input into your ideation. So when you say, well, you know, one of the problems that people have with warranties is they worry that their car will break down and it'll cost a lot of money. But another problem they have with warranties is they worry if I buy a warranty, will the company even honor the warranty? And another problem they have with warranties is they worry that it limits where they can get their car repaired. And another problem and another problem. So what are all the points of pain that customers have with warranties? And can you come up with an idea for a car warranty that solves those points of pain or even just solves one of those points of pain? So point is, this is why your sheet of paper should never be blank, because these aren't ideas. This is the research that supports your ideation. Maybe the last few things, that, you know, even the last few things I was saying weren't ideas. They're, they're just the, the, it's like the opportunity space. It's saying, if I'm trying to come up with, you know, a better way to sell coffee or a better way to more, or a way to more rapidly provide my customers support when they call in with problems on my product, uh, then, you know, you want to understand, well, what are the problems today? What takes so long? So anyway, the research and understanding the, the, the context of the situation should always be the first thing, because I got to tell you, once you have those things, the ideas almost automatically start flowing. So that's number one. Don't start with a blank sheet of paper. Number two, don't fall in love with your ideas. And certainly don't fall in love with the first idea. Remember Linus Pauling, the best way is to have a lot of ideas and throw most of them away. 
So you have to be willing. You know, there's a, an analogy. I think it's from a writer who said, you know, editing a novel is like killing your babies. You know, <laughs> it's a terrible, terrible analogy. But I understand what that person means, and I apologize. I I don't remember the proper attribution of that quote. Um, because once you've created something, it can feel like a child. I love it. It's my thing. I came up with it. And you want to see it live and you want to see it be successful. You have to be willing to, first of all, move beyond the first idea and move beyond the second idea to generate a large number of ideas. And also, if you're working on a team, encourage other people to generate ideas so that you can follow that principle that Linus Pauling talks about, generating a lot of ideas and find the best solutions to the problem, not just the first one you thought of or the one that you're most proud of coming up with or the one that's the most original or innovative you know, it's great to come up with original and innovative ideas, but sometimes the simple and less sexy idea is actually the one that's going to solve the problem better, sometimes. So you want to generate a lot of ideas, and then you want to have a process for really going through and figuring out which ones are the best ones. We're not going to get into that today. We're just talking about uh, problems, things to avoid, right? Mistakes. The mistake is falling in love with your own ideas or jumping on the first idea and just saying, this is a great idea. Let's do it. Okay, number three. Number three is, <laughs> take a look at those snails. You're probably like, what are those snails doing? Not looking at your competitors. You want to be looking at your competitors. You see that snail? You see how he's not looking up at his competitor? That's why I, I, I hired these snails to create this special image just for you. It was very difficult to find snails that could do this. Not true, but nevertheless, I, uh, I, do, I do think that um, it's kind of gross the way the snail has the slime coming down off them. Well, anyway, what am I really trying to say? I'm trying to say very, very often, the problems that you're trying to solve through your ideas have been solved by other people, many, many other people or organizations in a wide variety of ways. Taking a look around to see what's already being done to solve those problems turbocharges your uh, ideation. I mean, after all, let's not come up with ideas. Let's not reinvent the wheel, as they say. Let's make sure we understand what's already being done. Uh, that's going to give us a whole bunch of ideas. Again, that's another way not to start with a blank piece of paper. You don't necessarily need to come up with an original idea. You can look and see what are the ideas that are already being executed in the market. And then maybe you have an idea on how to take something someone else is doing and make it even better. Maybe that's going to be your original contribution. Or maybe you're going to look not at a direct competitor, like if you're Coca-Cola, maybe you're not looking at Pepsi. Maybe you're looking at what I don't know, um, you know, uh, Orville Redenbach or popcorn is doing or what, uh, you know, what uh, Doritos is doing or even totally outside your industry. Maybe you're looking at something really, really cool that Citibank is doing and you're like, that is a solution that they're doing for their customers that we could apply for our customers. So looking around at your competitors, but even more broadly at what others are doing and not just being myopic and saying, what problems are we trying to solve and how can I be the genius that comes up with all the solutions? So that's uh, that is this mistake, is to be too focused only on yourself and your company and the problem and not looking around and seeing what others are doing. All right, I think that was number three. Uh, number four, number four uh, of the mistakes people make in ideation is not bringing enough diversity into the ideation, not talking to enough people, involving the same people that you always interact with over and over and over and over again. It can be so valuable to mix it up and uh, sorry to keep plugging my book, but there's a whole table and a whole section of my book where I talk about all the different types of diversity 
that you want to think about when you're bringing a team together to ideate. So when I say diversity, I don't just mean it in like a social justice sense. I don't just mean, you know, racial diversity and gender diversity and age diversity. Definitely do mean those things. Those are important types of diversity. Because of course, you know, it's not just about like being fair. In fact, it's not about that at all. It's about recognizing that people from different generations are going to see something differently. People who come from different economic backgrounds or different racial backgrounds who face different kinds of challenges in their lives. People with different education, though, have a different perspective. People that are newer to your company versus people that have been with your company a long time. People that are from your geographic area versus people that may have grown up in Australia or grown up in, you know, who knows, anywhere else in the world, etc. So there's all kinds of different types of diversity. And it can be difficult to know which types of diversity are going to be valuable. Sometimes it's it's clear there's a certain type of diversity that would be beneficial. For example, if you're developing a new mobile app, it's good to have people from marketing and from technology, right? That's the kind of diversity that's pretty important. If only the, the marketing people are coming up with the ideas, you know, they may be definitely suboptimized. But sometimes it can be helpful to have someone with a background in anthropology or oceanography or you know, Celtic, Celtic studies. I mean, who knows, right? Because those backgrounds may generate ideas that they have that someone else wouldn't come up with. So you certainly want to be thoughtful about the kind of diversity you want to include, but sometimes it's also good to just throw some wild cards in there because you don't know what kinds of diversity may add to the ideation mix. So the mistake is not being diverse enough, just going back to the same group of people over and over to get your ideas. And I think that was number four. So moving on, the next one is not checking with the user or the customer, whoever, you know, there's a lot of different types of ideas, right? So if the idea is, for example, a product, which your which customers are meant to purchase and use, then once you have the conception of what you think that idea is, you want to make sure you're finding ways to test it with users, to test it with customers, to see whether it's appealing, to see whether there are aspects of it you haven't thought of, to make sure that it's, it's really a winner. It kind of goes to that point we were making before about prioritizing picking the ideas that are really based on understanding the customer and what's going to work for the customer. And if the idea is not for a customer, let's say it's how can we improve the speed with which finance closes the books at the end of the year? Well, then they're the customer, right? The people in finance who have to do the work. Or if it's how can we get our uh, suppliers to um, more effectively deliver um, raw materials to our factories so we can use them more rapidly, well, then the suppliers are the users of whatever idea it is that you're coming up with. But making sure that you're getting insight, both in terms of your understanding the problem before you even come up with the ideas, but also in terms of um, being able to double check to see which of the ideas you've come up with are really the winners. So um, one a, a mistake, very, very common mistake that people and companies make is not checking with or not engaging in activities to validate what they're doing with the people who Ultimately, it's their adoption of the idea, their purchase of the idea, their willingness to, to, to use it, whatever the idea may be, who, that is going to define the ultimate success. So it's a huge opportunity to do that. And a big mistake that I see very, very frequently made is not engaging with the users. Um, I think I'm on number six. The, uh, the, another mistake of ideation is fear of the unknown. You know, sometimes people ideate the same ideas over and over. You know, I don't know, we could advertise on Facebook again or a slight variation. Maybe this time we should put our ads on Snapchat instead of coming up with something truly out of the box. Like let's put on a parade right in front of Grand Central Station, you know? Um, and while, as I said earlier, sometimes the simple non-innovative ideas are a great solution and you wanna get those out. 
it's really important to be willing to stretch your thinking and ideation as well and to come up with ideas that are, as they say, outside the box, beyond the things you'd normally think of. Um, you know, again, there's a whole section in my book on all the different boxes of ideation and exercises on how to help teams stretch themselves and get outside of their normal thinking, get outside the normal box. But the mistake is really just this mistake of fear of the unknown. For example, if you're sitting in an ideation session and you have an idea, but it doesn't sound like anything the company's ever done before, would you say that idea or would you not say it because, well, because of fear, right? Because of fear of the unknown, the unknown of how people will respond, the unknown if it's even the kind of idea that would work for your customers. After all, having an idea, saying an idea in an ideation session is not the same as doing the idea. You want to have the confidence that, and everyone, everyone in your ideation session to have that confidence that it's okay to come up with ideas. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're certain it's going to work. In fact, there may be many aspects that are unclear, but you're willing to put them out there. You're willing to get that list going so the larger group can filter through those ideas and figure out which ones are the most promising ones. Because sometimes the one that's the big idea, the one that really changes the company or changes the situation or really solves the problem in a new, better way is unfamiliar. It's not a variation of the same old thing. So uh, one big mistake that I see when teams or individuals do ideation is being afraid to really reach beyond what they're comfortable with and go into the unknown. Um, and lastly, I believe this is number seven of my seven mistakes that get made during ideation is letting a unsuccessful implementation equal failure. Letting an unsuccessful implementation equal failure. In other words, sometimes someone would say, well, we tried that idea and it failed. Okay, did it fail or did it just not work? Now, what's the difference? Well, the difference is if you give up, then you failed. If you were trying to accomplish something and you tried, came up with an idea and you tried it and it didn't work and you just gave up, well, then that's, I would say that's failure, right? You've not accomplished your goal and you're not going to accomplish your goal. But if you try something that doesn't work and then you vary it and try it in a different way and then try it in a different way or try something else and then try something else and eventually find the path and get something to work, then that's success. And the truth of the matter is, very, very infrequently does someone have an idea that works great the first time and that one original idea takes them all the way to success. You know, once in a while, a brand new person who's never golfed before steps up to the tee, swings the club, and hits a hole in one. It can happen, but it rarely happens. So that should not be your strategy. Your strategy, the only sustainable strategy that I know of, is to iterate your way to success. So one of the big mistakes I see in ideation is someone comes up with an idea and maybe someone points out a problem with that idea. Oh, you know, there's a legal issue with that idea. Oh, okay, forget it. Well, you know, there's all kinds of, when Google was first uh, invented and they were spidering other websites, it wasn't even clear that was legal to do. Uber, Airbnb, so many new big ideas when they were first launched had some aspect of them that wasn't, wasn't totally clear whether it was permitted legally or under regulations and things like that. And I'm not telling you to break the law, but I'm what, tell, what I'm telling you is if you're in an ideation meeting and as soon as somebody has one thing about your idea that makes it possibly not practical, oh, our IT system's not able to handle that sort of order processing. Oh, okay, forget it. No, I mean, you know, that's, you never move forward if you allow yourself to be defeated just because you've run into an obstacle or a problem. Or maybe you went so far as to build a whole app and you built this whole new cool thing, you thought it was cool, and you had 100 users or 1,000 users downloaded and nobody liked it. Is that a failure? Well, it is if you stop or you can try to find out why they didn't like it and how you iterate it and how you find the path of success. 
And maybe that path looks extremely different from the original app. But this, I think, is another one of the very, very common mistakes that gets made in ideation, which is pick an idea, try it once. If it doesn't succeed, declare the whole thing a failure. And you know what? Almost anything that you, you, and almost any success that you investigate, whether it's, you know, Facebook or Disney or, you know, any, any successful business, any successful product, that is actually the beginning of the story. <laughs> the beginning of the story on the path to success looks like this. We had an idea, we tried it, and it didn't work. That is the beginning of every or almost every success story. So if you find yourself in the situation where you had an idea, you tried it, and it didn't work, instead of saying, oh, we screwed up, we failed, say, ah, those are the three first three steps to success, as long as they're followed by learn from what happened, make a change, try again, see what happens, learn, make a change, try again, et cetera, and eventually, a vast majority of the time, you find your way to success. So. Hopefully that's been useful. I think that's my last one. Yes, I lost count at some point along the way, but I know that was in total seven. Seven mistakes that people, teams, departments, companies make during ideation. Getting good at ideation is so key and anyone can be creative and everybody should be creative because of that point I made earlier about diversity. You don't want all the big ideas to come from some fancy ideation team because the guy who works on the assembly line, he has some knowledge and insights that comes, from having that, that comes from having that job that are different from the person who works at the call center. And that's different from the person who works security. And that's different from the person who works in the R&D lab. And that's different from the person who works in finance. They all have a different perspective. And if you exclude all of them and say, oh, those aren't creative people, we're gonna hire some creative people from the outside and come in and have them come up with our ideas. They may be creative and they may have some ideas and I'm one of those people. So I'm not saying anything bad about those people, but I got to tell you something. There's a lot of knowledge that I don't have that your guy in the assembly line has or that your woman in the call center has or that your person who works security or R&D or whatever it might be has or finance or legal or, or what have you. And so the first thing I'm going to say is not how can I be a genius and come up with all your ideas, but rather how can I help you get clear on what you want and then figure out who are the people who we should be involving in this process. How can I be a catalyst? How can I help facilitate getting the right people together? And then how can I make sure that we don't start with a blank sheet of paper by giving them insight and information and saying, hey, everybody, this is the problem we're trying to solve. And here's what we know. Here's what our customers are telling us. Here are the problems and challenges and obstacles that they're encountering, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then of course, encouraging them to generate lots of ideas, not letting the group fall in love with their first ideas, saying, hey, listen, we have to come up with 100 ideas in the next two hours. So if you have a great idea, let's get it down. But let's not declare victory at the first great idea. Let's keep getting more and more and more ideas out there. And then testing them with users to make sure that we're able to most effectively determine which ideas are the right ones. And then, of course, picking some, trying them, implementing them. And if they don't work, figuring out how do we need to change going forward. So I don't know if I covered all seven topics in my little rant at the end there, but you see how it all fits together, hopefully. That's what you need to do. Make sure you're leveraging the people within your organization. Just help them follow the right practices. The problems that people have with ideation are never the people. It's always the practices. So follow the right practices, including the ones that we've just been talking about for the last 30 minutes or so, and more that are talked about in my book, Winning Digital Customers. If you go to winningdigitalcustomers.com, you can download the first chapter for free or follow links, of course, to purchase the book which not only contains a lot of insight in the book about this topic and other topics, but also links to supplemental materials, including tools, training videos, additional eBooks, et cetera, all designed to help you 
succeed in your overall digital transformation, which is really just about understanding the world that your business is operating in, coming up with ideas, figuring out how to change to adapt, to succeed, and then implementing those ideas and rinse and repeat. So thanks for listening today. Hopefully this was useful for you. Uh, and I look forward to seeing you the next time on the Winning Digital Customer Show. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Winning Digital Customers, the podcast. Find more great episodes at wdcpodcast.captivate.fm on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, or wherever you listen. And visit winningdigitalcustomers.com to learn more about the Wall Street Journal bestselling book that inspired the podcast.